0: i just What it is everybody, welcome to episode 121 of Fish and Connor Saw a Movie. My name's David Peather. you can call me Fish. With me as always, he's my favourite sack of shit.
1: Connor, Connor McDuff, it's me everybody, it's Connor McDuff. I'm singing a song and I'm gonna stop the song now. There we go, there's a good creative (laughs) intro for you. It's hard, I've done this a hundred and something times and I have to do something new every single time. It's a struggle, leave me alone. Hi Tracy, how are you?
2: I'm good, how are you both? I, I, We're great, it's
1: like we spoke a couple of minutes ago, that's how strange it feels right now, I just <laughs> feels so familiar, because I'm just so, we've been doing it so much, I'm ruining the illusion, aren't I, I'm sorry. <laughs> how have you been Fish, good,
0: <laughs> since we last spoke? I'm good, yeah, we last spoke to, literally two minutes ago, because we've done back to back reviews yeah. of the resident evil movies because we're doing them a little bit in advance because at the moment i'm in canada and connor is in charge of uploading shit, so this might not even be on air right now
1: yeah because <laughs> connor's pretty dreadful at uploading shit. as with like any any responsibility given to me i will i will find a way to screw up at least one aspect of it <laughs> so i'm sorry in advance if you guys are listening to this and it's like Interlaced with, I don't know, sound bites from The Force Awakens or something weird that I like. Spend my time doing. I don't know. I apologize. <laughs> I'd actually be impressed are. if <laughs> you
0: if you messed up to that point, and I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't well, even be angry. I'd be impressed.
1: I would. I'd be angry at myself. More importantly, that's the part that bothers me. Like mm. I would be upset. Okay. But here we are. We're reviewing the next. Resident Evil film in the series. What's it called? I forget the name, Resident Evil Afterlife.
2: I remembered last minute. There we go,
0: done. <laughs> Don't these movies just have the most generic sequel names? Yes.
2: It's so generic and like, it's even so generic that Extinction was originally supposed to be Afterlife.
0: <laughs> oh, was it?
2: Oh my God. Yeah.
0: I wonder why so they, they changed uh, it.
2: Yeah. I have no idea. Well,
0: like I understand the, the progression. Like we've got, you know, Apocalypse, Extinction, the world's fucked, and now afterlife. It's after life on Earth and something else is happening.
1: Yeah, but there's no like there's no like gravity to the there's no person like they're not personified, they're nothing. They're just these like strong phrases. It's like short films. You know when like you watch a short film and it's called like it's called like ecstasy or like damnation. <laughs> the, the falling and you, just, like, you just wanna yeah, you just want to punch him in the face because it's like, great, I know nothing about your film and your title's garbage, mate. It's the same with this, <laughs> where I'm watching it, I'm like, why can it not have something to do with Alice? Why can't it have something Why isn't it not called The Rise of Umbrella Corp? Or The Fall mm. of, at, like, I don't know. Have some confidence in yourself, guys. You've made four of these films. People clearly aren't smart enough to realize you're ripping them off, so keep doing it. Do whatever you want. Now nah, they just give up. Anyway, Resident Evil: Last Alice's, afterlife. Alice's
0: Awakening is maybe what. It Alice's be. A- <laughs> don't know. It's... Alice's well,
1: Extinction. He'll... Alice's Apocalypse. A-
2: that sounds like she's going through puberty.
1: <laughs> <How's>, yeah. <laughs> the afterlife of Alice. Well, Alice's afterlife. Like, in the like even
0: the the last film, the one we're leading up to, is called the Final Chapter. Wow, they really went all out with that one. <laughs> you
1: know, yeah. God, oh. Not even the last stand. Oh. But
0: it's really it's kind of confusing 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 you know i I would i would assume it'd be confusing to people who aren't aware of these movies because like i've watched them as they've come out so i'm aware of their chronological order but you know when when you put resident evil movies in google the first thing that comes up is what order are the resident evil movies (laughs) so it's like a common a common question
2: well i fully had to like check the years before i had got the films because i was like oh what am i getting yeah (laughs) am i getting the right one
0: like the, the the old school number system isn't a bad thing like even just have resident evil 4 afterlife i don't know yeah that's just my opinion but who cares about that quickly before we get into this one i've been talking about like when these movies have been released they've been at significant points in my lifetime and this one came out in 2010 the one thing I, I mainly remember about it was its three D. It was just as three oh, D yeah. was sorta of kicking out and I remember this looking fucking crazy in three D. Like it was the, the one that stood out to me the most of the the first couple of three D movies besides Avatar, obviously. And that's what sorta of stuck with me and I remember it just looking kinda of cool. So I went and I went and reviewed when I watched this, I actually went and bought the three D Blu ray so I could test that theory and see if it still stands up so I'll talk about that but I'd also just started film school at this time so it was another significant point in my life I was really into films I was really into filmmaking and this new technology to come out and we were all very excited I went and saw it with Chris Frank Tracy Chris Frank (laughs) we like me and Tracy used to study together back in the day Uh, Chris was one of our good friends back there but that's my little story Connor can you tell us this story Resident Evil Afterlife, go.
1: So Alice, as we left the last one, one of the big things that came up was that there was an army of clones. So in this one, we get 30 seconds of her and her army of clones exploding, um, trying to kill Albert Wesker, and then they never pop up again the rest of the film. So we have Alice (laughs) and she's hanging out. She's going to Arcadia where all of her friends left too. She gets there, nothing's there but a beach. Again, why is there a beach? Didn't we already discuss that everything's been wiped out? Never mind, I'm not upset, whatever. She's at the beach, nothing's there. She finds Claire Redfield. She's got this spider thing attached to her chest. Don't worry, it's not really that relevant. So I'm not going to bring it up again. Claire doesn't remember anything. We don't find out why Claire doesn't remember anything. Don't worry, it's not that relevant. I won't bring it up again. They end up in a prison because they're flying a plane that she finds at a very convenient. Oh, Albert Wesker's meant to be dead. They find a plane conveniently, and they fly that. Oh, someone needs help, so they land the plane in this really strange scene where they land a plane and they get there, and then on the, the top prisoners of a are building. Like, oh, we thought, you... yeah, we thought you were from Arcadia, and Alice is like, lol, no, what are you on? And they're like, damn, we're upset at you now. Anyway, she's introduced to these prisoners. They're completely surrounded by zombies. And of course, they need to escape the prison somehow. And they don't know how. And then there's a guy in a jail. And his name's Chris. And it's Chris Redfield. And they say, hey, he's like, let me out. I'm not crazy. And they're worried about trusting him or not. But that, that's, that's pretty much glazed over immediately once he's let out anyway. Because they don't really go back to him being remotely nasty or evil. He's just fine. Because it's Chris Redfield. He's going to be fine. Anyway... They find a way out, of course, through a boat and they get to Arcadia. Chris, Alice, and. No, not. Yeah, Chris, Alice, and Claire. Um, Claire and Chris are, are siblings, which is only relevant for five seconds. Don't worry, I won't bring it up again. They're in the boat and Albert Wesker's alive. And it turns out the boat is um, actually an umbrella corp, Arcadia was a trap set by Umbrella Corp to get people to come there so they can use them for experiments. So there's 2,000 people trapped with spider things on their chest. I brought it up again. I'm sorry. Maybe it is a little relevant. Um, <laughs> and Albert Wesker's there. And Albert Wesker doesn't care. He just wants to kill Alice. And so they go full video game. And Alice becomes pretty irrelevant because it's Chris Redfield and um, Claire that are doing most of the work trying to mess him up, which is pretty fresh. I really like that moment. But we'll get into that when we review it. Anyway, Albert dies. They blow him up and shoot him a lot. He's obviously not dead. He gets away. They rescue everyone. Now they have Arcadia and they're going to live and try and be the be what they've been searching for. But then last minute, 50, 75, I don't know, a lot of helicopters full of um, um, Umbrella court people fly over to the boat and we cut to black. That's really fun and all, but I promise you that in the next film, that bit there is going to be about two minutes worth of plot and they'll just neglect it as usual. And
0: we'll never bring it up again. <laughs>
1: and we'll never bring it up again. There you go.
0: First I want to start Thank off we started every review with like the the connections to the video games. Now, there's a there's a big glaring one and we'll leave that till last, but we've got Claire Redfield's back. This time she's wearing a red leather like yes. vest thing, which is straight out of Resident Evil 2. I appreciated that. We've got the big axe wielding motherfucker who I believe oh is God. from number five. Is that right? Connor McDuff.
1: Yeah. He's that guy, that guy with the hammers from Resident Evil five. Yeah. Um, even the, even the zombie, there's actually a lot of comparisons to make too. Even the zombies, the way they um open their mouths. Yeah. They've mutated and they've got like the four, that's, that's straight up out of RE5. Like, that is a big Resident Evil 5. Even the dogs that do it, Resident yep. Evil 5. Albert Wesker's powers are straight from Resident Evil 5, the way he dashes around, which was sick. Yep. Um, and Chris Redfield. Chris Redfield, Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on.
0: We're leaving that. We're leaving that to last. So I've got one more to one more connection, and that is Please. those little fucking spider scarab things. I believe... So they're not from number five, are they? I think they're from number five. No, four. they are.
1: Jill, Jill Valentine has one on her chest. That's right. number five. Yeah,
0: yeah. So that's that's a thing as well. Okay, now you can geek out about Chris Redfield. Go. Uh,
1: Chris Redfield, he's here, and he's pretty similar to his video game counterpart because Chris Redfield's pretty plain, to be honest, and this guy's pretty plain. But he's got like this grit to him, which is really cool. But in this one, he's just a little too gritty and serious And it was a little alarming, like he's very like, "Mm." but I don't know, there was a part of me that loved it just because they they, they literally give him a knife that he doesn't use, but he puts on his back and he holds his gun (laughs) the same way and stands the same way and fires his gun the same way. And the effing sound effect that he uses when he fires his gun is the same. And he just sort of looks (laughs) like him. And I was just very happy overall. Very happy with what they did with Chris Redfield because he should have been the main character from the first one. We all know it. It should just follow the plot. Even watching Chris Chris and Claire on screen, I was like, man, why didn't they just... Why is Alice even here? Why are you a part of this? Can you get lost, mate? Because I've got better things to worry about. I like Chris Redfield and Claire Redfield together. And it only took them four films to get the main character of the series in it. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Ten out of ten. Stella. Wow,
0: I'm <laughs> I'm actually really surprised that you were happy with this. I thought you would have been pissed off because I was. <laughs> Why were you pissed off? Because I feel like he's nothing like the Chris Redfield from the games. Like I love Wentworth Miller and it's funny that, you know, they've got the character from Prison Break coming in and he starts off in a prison yeah that's a really nice little nod but and he's a really good actor but i I feel like he's kind of too smart to be chris redfield not saying that chris redfield's a dumbass but chris redfield is a is a giant beefy motherfucker you know and he's more of a physical presence where i feel this guy is the prison break guy and it might just be because i've relate to prison break and i i can't see him as anything other than his character from that show. But I I just don't feel like he embodied Chris well at all. And you're, and you're saying that you're happy with the way that he like held his gun and was doing that. I thought he looked really awkward holding a gun. I felt like he...
1: Chris Redfield looks pretty awkward, to be honest. He's pretty weird looking. Sorry. I
0: don't know. Like he's fucking, you know, he puts that gun up and those biceps fucking bulge. I'm like, it's, it's just, he's intimidating. Whereas I don't find this guy intimidating. I feel like this guy could get them out of the prison, which he does. But I don't feel like he's the Chris Redfield that's going to take point and take over. And I think that's the problem that you just brought up with, you know, you, I, I'm the same. I, I really liked it when Claire and Chris are together and they're fighting together. And here we go. We've got like two video game characters that are, mm. are finally teaming up and fucking shit up. But we've got Alice there, so oh, we better go with that story. She yeah. kind of, you know, yeah. like I, I feel like they can't give Chris Redfield the point because Alice has to take point.
1: Yeah, and that's obviously like a commitment they made. I'm just trying to accept. I'm trying, I'm honestly just watching it, trying to accept that fact a little bit because there's not really much I can do. Rega- like I'm watching it and I'm like, well, you know, that's how it's going to be, I guess.
0: And that's very good of you. That's very, very uh, diplomatic I of you. But I, I'm, I'm surprised because it's Chris. I thought it was, you know, we finally got Chris. I thought you would have uh, been a lot angrier about this.
1: No, well, like, I think, I think, for me, it's just like... I haven't seen Prison Break for one, so I have no attachment to this actor. Mm. And I'm just kind of happy to see him, and for the most part, I can see what they're getting at. My knowledge with Chris Redfield is honestly number two and number five, and Resident Evil 5 is like... This, this film is, like, taken a lot from that game, and I think they just... Just there, I don't know what it was. I just kind of saw a lot of similarities. There were things like how gritty he was, and how he was almost like he was always like, like that's kind of his opinion personality is. Ooh, like look at me, um. Mm. Yeah. And I was like, you're a bit of a wanker, mate. But for the most part, <laughs> I, 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 had a lot of fun with it, and like and with that character anyway. Like I, I, I just that scene where him and Clara fighting Wesker is just so satisfying to me. It just felt like I was playing the game again, watching yeah. him dash around and getting your ass whooped by the bastard, because if you've ever played Resident Evil 5, he's such a pain in the ass, you've got to kill him, like, four times. It's effed in the A. Anyway, yeah. what did you think, Tracy B?
2: Yeah, I I mean, like, see, I don't know much about the video games, so I was, I was quite happy, and I really like Wentworth Miller, so I was just kind of like, yeah, whatever. I don't mind him as Chris Redfield. I do have to say, though, I did like this opening as well. I, I'm a big fan of how they're starting to have, like, a proper opening to things now. <laughs> oh, but she
0: does the... This, she did the My Name is Alice in this one. She explained yeah, a lot of stuff.
2: She did, but they also had a really cool scene before that that mm-hmm. drew me into the film. So I was kind of like, I can I can deal with that. Is
0: it not... That's fucking seems... amazing.
2: It's so cool. And I just like it's the symbolism of it as well I think is really really interesting, you know, cuz everybody walking along with those umbrellas and just that fucking girl like mm-hmm. standing there and it's just oh uh, and it's it's got a very video game vibe to it that whole first scene, does, I feel. Yeah. Well,
0: yeah. we've got we've got Paul W.S. Anderson back in the director's chair finally. He's, he only did the first one. He kind of produced the other two. And I can see his visual style has come back. And, you know, he's he yeah. always seems to be a guy who's up with the latest technology. So now we've got, like, this is in 3D. This is incredible. Like, the rain, the, you know, the slow motion. It's just fucking breathtaking. Oh, yeah. So it's, um you know, you can see that he's really implicated that sort of thing. And then, you know, when everything... Goes to shit. It's just really cool. The music's awesome. We've got um, Tom and Andy are the composers. Composer, I don't know yeah. if it's one person or two. Oh, the music's
1: but... so sick! What the hell? Yeah, what a the music's sick... really good. The soundtrack's amazing. Oh, so yeah. Cool. I, I, I
0: like I've got this soundtrack and I, I listen to it quite a bit, and it's it's nice to see them go back to that like electronic rock sort of feel that Ooh. marilyn manson sort of started i don't think it's as good as marilyn manson's stuff but it's on yeah. that track which is nice actually the last film did that as well extinction mm-hmm. we didn't really talk
2: about that yeah um, oh the music in that was really good though there was a yeah. few really good like choice music scenes in it as well like in a god of adida was they used that really well in it as well
0: but this one yeah this one they've, they've really set up a really cool tone from that that amazing opening scene. Then we get into the clones. Connor, I know you want to talk about this. <laughs> I-, oh. I think it's funny that, you know, in one thing that I've been talking about, all the other, you know, the second in command female characters is that they're basically just clones of Alice. And now mm. we've literally got clones of Alice. So we've just got the same, like it could just be a bunch of Claire Redfields running around as far as
1: i could concerned. What the hell? <laughs> Honestly, like what is this garbage introduction to this film they've put in not the the umbrella one's awesome i agree but like what the f like it was so stupid like so dumb oh, it was yes. so and insane it looked, it looked so it looked bad like Actually, garbage it looks like garbage
2: though, question fish now when you rewatch this again did you watch it in 3d
0: absolutely i did okay
2: well question how much does it differ because I'm actually like, when I was watching this, I was like, damn, I wish I had seen this in 3D. Because um, I was like, would this look better if it was in 3D? Because it looks so fake and just really, really terrible, like the Alice clones in 2D. But in 3D, does it sort of look a bit different? Do you have well, anything to compare it to? Like, have you seen it in 2D at all?
0: Uh, yeah, I have seen it in 2D. Um, I think when it first came out on Blu-ray. But this is the scene that I remember being blown away by. In the mm. in the cinema, watching it in three D because it is totally catered for three D. You know, she throws the ninja stars yeah. at the, the the bullet shell casings all come out of the screen. It's very very cool. You know, I've seen a yeah. lot of three D movies since then. It doesn't quite stand up as I remember it. It's it does look fake but it definitely looks better in 3D because it's shot for 3D you know
1: yeah well it looks like garbage when I watched
0: it
2: (laughs) yeah because that's what I was sort of thinking because there was a few shots um especially with the Alice clones like there was one bit where they're both standing on um, other sides of those poles and I sort of thought that might have looked a little bit better in 3D just because you would have had that depth perception
1: Nah,
0: um, it still looks pretty lame <laughs>
2: Oh, okay yeah, Do you know I, what also
1: makes it lame? is like it's an army of clones Falling in a Like, f- like I don't know what the hell was happening There was so much going on It was well, it's such funny. garbage
0: It's funny they try to do the same thing that they did in the last movie Where we start on a clone getting killed You know, yeah. and when, when You see, you know, because we just see All we're seeing is Mila Jovovich kicking all kinds of ass By herself to start with And then she yeah. gets killed and we're like, oh no It's like, well, we know it's just a clone because they did this in the last movie. It's not, it's, you've already done that trick, guys. You can't, you can't pull the wool over my eyes again. Fuck you.
1: (laughs) Okay. But like on a bigger, on a bigger scale, the scene itself is stupid. And then it's nothing later on. Like it just visually looks like crap. And then Albert Wesker literally nukes the place. Like, oh, there's that whole thing that we set up throughout the entirety of the last film. We're just going to blow it all up. And then he literally injects her with a serum to make her human. like Which, yeah, which like, is the whole okay. thing. They've been building the Project Alice
0: thing this whole time and then turn it yes. back into human.
2: Okay, which, that, that was, was like so, so frustrating. I mean, it's uh, I can sort of see why they might have done it. They sort of did it so that they could sort of even the playing field oh, she's, with her. And, she's you know,
0: overpowered. Not... <sighs> she's way yeah, overpowered. Yeah, well, that's
2: like... That's the way for them to sort of bring that back yeah. down to level, but it just it pisses me off how they did it, you know? And it was, it was it's so frustrating. He literally
0: he, he literally sh- like does a little swivel in the chair, like she had him
2: yeah. any, any last words and <laughs> like, oh, "Fucking shoot him." Oh, just shoot him. <laughs> yeah, like why why monologue? But okay, this is what mm. pisses me off as well is like, "Ah, oh, oh, why are they doing it again? You can't build up something in one film if you're not going to give the payout in the next one." Like yeah. It just drives me insane, because I was quite happy to just sort of nod and go along with the whole Alice Clones thing in Extinction, because I was like, okay, this they're guy. building up to the next film, and I'm like, even though I fucking hate when they do that, you know, just to kind of have, like, something to be like, yeah, we're going to make another film, I'm I'm okay with it if they actually pay up. And they didn't fucking pay up. They just gave us, like, five seconds because they wanted to do some, like, 3D wank bullshittery and then fucking they're like whoop nope we're going into a different story now
0: yeah no you're right they literally go from the fact where she can do telekinesis she's the most powerful person on the planet her blood is like the most precious thing in the world and she has an army of clones that's what yep. we lead into this movie with. It's like fuck yeah, like well, what's gonna, what's Wesker gonna do to balance the the playing odds here?
2: Yeah, and it just it's knocked down in the first like ten minutes. Yeah,
0: and it's it is a little bit disappointing, but I have to say because I have a a bit of a problem with how overpowered she became, and yes, I am frustrated that they haven't like continued on the franchise, which they is becoming a common problem in these films, but. I'm glad that she's human now and I'm glad that like now she can, she's just like I was saying, I wanted her to be in the first one, uh, like in the last movie we reviewed that she's just a human who can fight pretty good. But saying that she's still a human who can, who can survive a plane crash.
2: (laughs) Yeah.
1: Yeah yeah what the hell and then oh and then you see claire again which is just so convenient and claire's like gone full savage gremlin and like they took tear the spider off like that's a big deal like here's this character you think you know and she's totally different i was like oh that's cool like what's gonna happen like what's the story here and like it's never explained
0: like literally just take just this, goes, this spider off and it's all good. Yeah. yeah they don't really like, talk about where the spiders come from, do they? they, oh, they, they oh no, they, they do. They, they're something. in that little, the, in the
1: but like ship. what? Yeah. Well, I don't understand. She escapes, but she's got the spider on her. So the spiders make them all like mental, but then why would you even put the spider on them? Like what? What relevance does it have if you can't control them anyway? They're well, just a little crazy. I it think I think so they weird.
0: are controlled. I think that's the deal, isn't it?
1: So why didn't they get Claire back? Like they need experiments. Why didn't they take Claire? They just let her run it's, off with the spy. Yeah, daughter, right like-
0: well they sort of show that scene later on where she got away from the the helicopters and they take off and it's it's doesn't it's flaky. It's stupid, but. I guess there is a reasoning. I'll always no, give just... that. I'll always give that to Paul W.S Anderson is he does cover his bases in shitty exposition.
2: <laughs> yeah <laughs> It's terrible, but at least he's covering it. He's
0: done know? it yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> It's just like I don't know, anytime this story tries to arc more than just a simple survival story, which they do quite well, it becomes pretty. Like, I get pretty disappointed because I'm like, man, this is just another thing that I'm not going to actually understand or learn about because there's no depth to it. Like, the whole them escaping the prison, that's the whole film, really, is them getting out of the prison. I it- looked at the timer. They get to the boat at, like, an hour 11, so there's, like, 20 minutes where yeah. they're not in the boat. So, the, most of the film is them on this, on this this in this prison trying to escape... And Which, they get out fine, and a couple people die. Like that's a The prison, a normal the prison thing. Film. The
0: prison thing is literally just a side mission too. Like the mission is yeah. to get to Arcadia. It's just a big, like, scenic route that they've taken mm-hmm. to come back to the story at an hour ten in. And the prison thing, it's it's fine. It's 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 a cool little thing. But because because there's such a, we're at the fourth movie, and we've got such an overarching thing that they barely mention. It's like. Why do that?
1: And there's like, there's like literally one character other than Chris and Claire, who are obviously pivotal to the overarching story because they're the video game characters. There's only one other person that survives. And that's, aside from the weird John Falcone looking dude. The producer. Um, the, yeah. There's uh, the, the, the sports guy, whatever he's, Star Power, whatever he keeps saying. Yeah, yeah so, Luther. Um, and Lucha. he like, and, and they just, they're like, okay, well, clearly we just want Chris, Claire and Alice Because that's who we clearly wanted from the beginning. So we'll just get Luther to get sucked away and we'll just give him one last little scene at the end to show that he's all right for the next film. Like, what the hell is that? Are you for real? That's so pathetic. I want to see, like, why are they in this prison anyway? Like, would there not have just been a better way to introduce Chris to this world other than making a character sit in a prison when the past roles he played were him sitting in a prison? Like, do you not see the problem? People might have with that. Like, what is going on there? Why did you do this? Why am I here? I get it. Like, there's that great slow-mo scene where Mr. Axeman's running through the water and Claire shoots him with a bunch of coins. Great. Why is this in a prison? Like, why am I here? What benefit does this have to the overarching story? Not a damn thing. Not a damn thing. Except Chris Redfield. It's it's symbolic.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I've got to go back to the, you know, the what I feel was the driving force behind them making Extinction was that they wanted to make a Romero-esque sort of zombie film. And this is very yeah. Romero-esque. This is Dawn of the Dead. This is, they're, you know, instead of being in a shopping mall, they're in a prison. This is um, The Walking Dead. They're in a prison in that. You know, they're, they're being very derivative of much better zombie films. And, like, that's cool, but they don't need it. They've got their own thing going on and that's the Project Alice thing. That's the umbrella war. Let's see that. We've done the zombie apocalypse thing. We've seen it happen. It happened in apocalypse to a certain extent and it mostly happened in extinction. So we know the world's fucked. The zombies are a threat. Okay. That's let's, let's make them the side note that they've pretty much been for you know most of this film, these films and let's move on with the narrative. But they want to give us that zombie movie again and it's just a little weird it's it's such a weird segue like i don't understand um and i agree with the whole bringing chris into the world thing like this is such a poor way especially with wentworth miller he actually thought it was a joke when he read the when the script he's like that's not actually gonna happen then it was what was happening. yeah
2: because he actually says the exact same line in prison break he's like i know a way out of here
0: yeah yeah how funny
2: Why would they put him in
0: the... Even him being in the prison doesn't mean anything. Like, they kind of make him out like he's this, this, like, a monster that they've had to keep trapped away and they have a guard with him at all times. But am I under the impression that he literally was just there when they got in so they kept him there?
2: Yeah, he was yeah. just there. Like, how would, what, what about that would make you think he's a monster? And, like, why would you bother having a guard for him? I yeah. would try to make him... Like, if I was that guy who had to sit down there and watch him, I'd be like, fuck this. This is the dumbest thing I've ever heard. <laughs> and
1: this is where... This is my problem as well. Like, this is the bit that bothers me, is the reason I disagree with Chris's personality is because he's got this, like, gritty smugness to him. I've realized now they're trying to, they tried to make him like effing Hannibal Lecter. Like that's what they tried to do. Uh, He's in the prison, the way he looks and he he approaches and he puts his hand out. Like he's so confident and so suave. And that's why you don't, you're not meant to trust him because he's so okay with everything. And he's like, I know a way out, man. Like if I was stuck in a prison, like unjustifiably stuck in a prison and a bunch of idiots won't listen to me. I'd be pissed off. Like I'd be like, are you for real? What the hell? Let me out. If some new person came in who was listening, I'd be like, dude, you've got to let me out of here. I wouldn't be swallowed Well, he sort of does it. that.
2: He sort of does. And then he ends by going, you've got to get me out of here. Like, he starts shouting a bit, like, as soon that as was, she's walking away.
1: That's the end... That, yeah, but one line of of the entire scene where he's being real cool and chill.
2: You can totally see him getting more and more hectic as he's talking to her, though, because he's very cool and calm as he starts talking to her. But then, like, as it sort of progresses, you can see him really, really up against the glass following her every movement, trying to talk to her, like, pretty desperately.
1: Mm. Nah, he should have never been cool and calm. He should have been pissed the entire time. Like, it just... I I feel like... I feel I think like Chris I'm Redfield
2: it. is quite smart, though. He knows if he comes on too strong and if he seems quite, like, hectic, that Alice is going to get scared off. He just didn't want to scare her away. He wanted to get her in close enough where to have a conversation with him so he seems quite calm and normal.
1: I get, no, I get what you mean, and I, I agree. Like, I feel like his character is fine, justified within the film. I'm talking more, like, in comparison to his video game counterpart. That's where I'm coming yeah, from. Yeah, I know I'm on there. Like, like
0: Tracy doesn't know that. So it's it's good to get yeah. your perspective of that trace that you you can accept that but because me and Connor are you know attached to that particular version of Chris like I feel like the Chris I know would have been losing his shit in there and yeah, and I I also and I also equate this back to the the Chris Redfield that they've brought a- across is very Wentworth Miller. Like that's the way yeah. that Wentworth Miller would get out of the prison in prison break. You know? <laughs> so he's, he's cool <laughs> and calm and he's very conniving and, you know, uh, that's, that's not what I expected from Chris. So I, I see it both ways. I don't mind the way it, it kind of is once I accept the character, but it's, um, it's, it really is a nothing plot point, the fact that he's in the prison. I yeah. like let's make that a thing. Like if if you're gonna if they're keeping him locked up when he gets out, maybe he is a bad guy and he starts killing everyone, or or he kills the bad guys and we you know like he kills the producer dude or something like that, and we're we're all led to believe that he's just killing off the survivors, but he's yeah, actually yeah. taking out the bad guys and he ends up. being They even a good have going. the
1: opportunity to make it something when the two blokes go down while they're fighting Mr. Axman, Chris and. Whatever his name is, Luther, are down in the tunnel by themselves. Like, I was like, oh, that's. They're really going to play on, like, the trust and stuff, and he's going to pop out of nowhere, and it's going to be quite strange. But instead, it's nothing. Like, like, they don't make it anything. Such a weird thing. Yeah, there's so much
2: that they could have done with that, for sure.
0: I feel like that's the whole problem with this Chris thing is that, yeah, they've made a big deal of finally giving us the character that we've wanted from the first fucking movie, and then just done nothing with him. Like they even make a big deal of him getting out of the thing. And then he's literally like, Oh, there's a, there's a vehicle in there that you can use to get out. Cool. Mm. Cool. And then they can't do anything with the vehicle anyway. (laughs) You know, like he literally has no point. And then he's just like, he's just the third character next to Claire and Alice later, who holds a gun and shoots some stuff.
1: Have you ever noticed as well? Like one of the things they've done with Alice is they've really put an emphasis on all these characters and they've done like in the, in the, the, the past film, I spoke about how I feel like they sort of connected the two worlds pretty well in comparison. Like, they did pretty well of making Alice somewhat relevant. She's still on someone else's journey, but she kind of, she's there, you know. She knows these mm. people and stuff. She does things. In this one, they really just, they only use her as a Dex ex machina, and that's it. They really neglect her. Like, they, 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 they literally knock her out. When Axeman's there, they knock her out so Claire Redfield can have a scene where she's yeah, fighting true. the guy. And they, and they literally put two dogs in front of her, which she messes up, but they put these two dogs in front of her so Claire and Chris can fight, can West fight Wesker. Can like, yeah. fight they do, they do all these things where they kind of like, they're like, all right, well, let's put Alice to the side. Because really, there's no progression for her at all. Like her, in this film, her story's kind of done in the sense that, She's just there to help others. She's like and she like was she in doesn't...
0: the she was like she was in the first film again. She's the vessel that we as the audience yeah. get taken to these mm-hmm. other characters, but by her being the lead, we we don't get well, I don't, sat- yeah. like myself, don't get the satisfaction out of the other characters getting developed because we still need yeah. to follow this pato- this actual heroine of ours. Yeah,
2: and like, that's another thing that really pissed me off about her becoming human again, is because I'm like, oh wow, like, I, I might actually sort of fear for her a little bit now or sort yeah, of exactly. have a bit of a different feeling towards it all. <laughs> <but> Lol,
1: no. <laughs> there was,
2: no, nothing. And they, it, like, this is another instance of. It, of something being underused. You know, they keep setting up all these little things that they could do in the films and they just they don't use them. Mm, yeah. And they just go they just go to waste because there's honestly so much you could have done yeah, with Chris, there's so much you could have done with Alice and there's so much you could have done with Alice being human again. But I never I never feared for her again. I thought that I yeah, would. Yeah.
0: But it's the lev- leveling the playing field. It's not there. I feel like Paul W.S. Anderson has been you know he's he's a he's a competent writer. You know, like he, like I said, he's able to explain everything through dodgy exposition, and he's got these characters, and he's good at introducing things, and he's he's like, yeah, now we've got this and this and this, and then awesome fight scene, and then yeah, awesome fight scene, exposition, exposition, awesome fight scene. It's that porn mentality again. It's like we just yeah. need to get. From one fight scene to the next one, because that's all he's really interested in, and that's what he does well. Which I can, you know, for the most part. Well, I, I disagree because
1: the opening clone scene was a trash heap, and he did it terribly. What were you thinking, you fucking retard? <laughs> I didn't think it was that bad.
0: I thought it was only really bad when you, we saw two clones on the on the screen at the one time. But we've already talked about that. But talking about the style and the action and stuff, like there's a lot of style. There's a lot of slow motion. <laughs> There's a lot of like oh, he's my really God. he's so really so
2: much slow motion
0: and I I love it like I love the style like I love the slow motion to start with but as we get through and every single fight scenes in slow motion it kind of loses its effect doesn't it
2: Yeah and I actually by the time we got to the end fight like that big battle I was like fuck me can we please have something and like just normal time I'm so sick of slow mo.
0: i think he just really wanted to show off you know the technology um and it and it works well for the 3d definitely for the
2: 3d and it is like
0: it's incredible like it looks so good like the shower scene there's water everywhere the axe comes out at you like claire like flips over the screen it's all very cool but can we just have a bit of speed ramping at least like that whole fight is in slow motion
2: yeah, the whole and fight. So is the, the final fight. Yeah, like pretty much everything in the final fight since. Oh, well, the final
0: well. fight ramps a little bit. I think the final fight's a lot better. Um, the but, final
2: fight is
1: baller as. I love it so much. The final fight's my fave. I love it.
0: I think the final fight, like you said before, Connor, it, it's good, you know, especially for me and you who are fans of the video game because it is oh. basically playing a video game. It's like the boss has come and we're taking him down and he just won't die. And. I, like, I appreciated that they finally done, it, done that and they've brought in the fucking song that's playing in it is um, a song from the Apocalypse soundtrack um, The Outsider by Perfect Circle oh my god when that came back in oh, because like I said I, I thrashed that Apocalypse soundtrack and when that was like the main boss fight song because it's like one of my favourite songs of all time and it's a really cool remix it was really well cut together and um, I thought it was really effective to this scene
1: I just, I, man, that last, when Wesker throws his shades, oh, <laughs> I did a bit of a cum. Like, that was just the best thing I've ever seen because I had such a problem with the actors playing Wesker because he's, like, basically a wet blanket in every single scene he's in. And then, like, the last, he throws his shades at Chris and Chris catches them. Chris catches and I it. Got it's a distraction. Such, yeah. I got such a stiff... And I was just like, and I'm so glad Alice had to watch, even though the dogs, which were exactly like they are in the game, just look dumb as hell. I'm just watching Claire and Chris get a whooping from Wesker, and I'm like, man, I feel this so much. And he's dashing around and they're throwing punches and he's just having a dash. And he's throwing them around. Oh, ha, 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 ha. oh yeah. That was good. <laughs> and like, and Chris is shooting at him. And Wesker doesn't even kill him. That's the bit I love, because Wesker's like that. Like, that's what I like. They nailed that. Like Wesker doesn't—he just doesn't try and kill him in the games as well. Like he just, like the whole point is he just, like beats him up. Like it's all—it's all like pride for him, and I love it. And I'm just—I was so happy. It's such a good little bit in the in a film that I overly, overly dis. Over, never mind. I just like that moment. What did you think, Tracy B? How would you feel about it? Oh
2: God, I don't know. It just. <laughs> Oh, it just was too much. Just too much. Yeah. Like, and it just felt very matrixy to me. Yeah.
1: It is. Yeah. And I get that. Like, I totally understand where you're coming from because if I didn't like, if I didn't know Albert Wesker, I would be, I straight up would be on your side 100%. Like, if I was watching this and this happened, I didn't have prior knowledge. I'd be like, what the actual f is this?
0: Yeah. But I think because I know,
1: because I know this character, and because I know. That this, what is, what was happening is just like ripped straight from the game. Like, I'm pretty sure that scene is like the ending of RE5. The only difference is it's not Claire Redfield. Like, that whole bit was so much for me, but I agree. Like, it is so silly. It's so ridiculous.
2: Doesn't that (laughs) that suck though? That, like, for all these films, like, a lot of the reviewers were saying, oh, it's not anything like the games. And then as soon as they try to bring in stuff to appease the game fans, then the people who are just watching the movies are like, oh, what's this? It's because
1: they don't
0: understand how to mesh the two. That's the problem. Yeah, I know.
1: yeah. <laughs> exactly, exactly. And, like
0: I, and, you know, the fans of the games, because we are all aware of how much of a badass that Wesker is, and to get four movies in and finally at the end of the fourth movie we get that fight scene, it's like a massive build-up and, you know, we're just blowing our loads all over the screen. It's so cool. And plus, like, the song and all that for me as well just all brought it together. Um, and for something that was kind of... A nothing movie in terms of moving the plot forward we finally get to fight the boss fight umbrella we get like you know some we're we're moving forward and it's the last 20 minutes of the film so it's what i expected and then you know then when it ends after that you're kind of like wow what what did i even just watch what was oh, this movie? Like, it feels that like a it, good question. It feels like it was literally just like a TV episode, like a filler episode, but they did it yes! as a full-budgeted film.
2: Oh my yeah. god! Thank you, Fish. That is honestly the best way to explain it. And I've sp- I've been sitting here for like, oh, just trying to think of why like how to explain this film and that is the perfect way to explain it because I I just could not stop asking myself I'm like why did I feel like this movie was nothing like I seriously like if you look at my notes compared to Extinction I seriously have oh, I think like 10 notes for this particular film and they jump so much because I have all these notes from the very start of the film and then all of a sudden it comes in and my next note after that is um, I was sad when Luther died <laughs> <laughs> so that's like right near there's the end no, of the film when I thought that there's he died no
1: world. there's no world in this film I think is why like we're going back to a city the city's no name they're in Alaska nothing's in Alaska the prison's pretty bare like there's no world to it there's no depth yeah there's and you'd no... think
2: this is apparently yeah. the first one where they actually shot on location you'd think that would give it a bit more of a feel but like, yeah. it felt but so they, sterile yeah.
0: well it's so funny because they did such a good job of setting up the last film to yeah. You know, then to just resort back to... And it might be just the fact that, you know, we've got Paul W.S. Anderson directing again. Like, maybe that's his thing. He, Like, he, the movie he did was The Hive. It was a contained film, and now this one's a contained film. But he wrote all the other ones as well. So, no, I don't know. There's no method to this madness. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Speaking of that note, though, I really did like Luther as a character. And I was so, so happy to see that he was still alive at the end. (laughs) Did you?
0: I thought he was pretty fucking white bread. (laughs) I thought he was just like boring, like leading, nice, good looking dude who just... I don't know. That's always nothing.
2: Yeah, no, I, I don't know. I just sort of liked him a bit more than anyone else because I feel like they sort of developed him a little bit more than anyone else. And I think, uh, to me, I thought, okay, so here is obviously a character that's going to be a character, just from the way that they sort of were like, oh, that's my billboard there. Yeah, and, you know, I liked the, the way billboard kind thing. Of, that was fun. Yeah, and he was kind of like Alice's, you know... um, What would be the best word? I guess, you know, like, showing her all the... Yeah, yeah, like, showing her the prison and everything there. I was like, okay, so this is a character that's obviously supposed to be a character. And Mm. so I was kind of like, okay, I'm going to invest in him. I like him. I think he's a nice guy. Yeah, and I feel like him and Alice got along quite well. And then I was just like, no, what the fuck? When he, like, died. But then to see that he was actually alive at the end, I was like, oh, yes, motherfucker, yes. (laughs)
0: Oh, yes. I I feel, see, I feel like... That character is what LJ should have been. LJ should have stuck it out throughout the entire saga, and he could have been that little yeah. offsider of of um, Alice's, you know. Even though yeah. you know it's a completely different thing. Like this, Luther is the leader of this particular survivor group, but you could have he had was somewhere. he was.
2: Yeah, he's kind of like a mix of L.J. and Carlos, who I really mm. miss. I really miss Carlos. I wanted, oh, I wanted, <laughs> I wanted it feel, him well, like, to, to kiss someone. It feels
0: empty without him. Hey? Yeah, it does. It feels empty without like these previous characters, and like Claire's like a good one, but she only came in the last one. I I feel like you know that little entourage that they set up at the end of Apocalypse. The yeah. intention was that, that that you know at least a few of them were going to come through all of these films. Um, and it's weird that well, they have Well, like haven't.
1: why the hell? Why the hell have they not carried over continuous characters? Like, it just, it's such, it irks me so bad that they're just dropping characters like they're nothing to add new ones in. Ugh, I like, know. It's like, that's why this. there's no world to this film. There's no depth to it because... Four films in, that's a lot. Four films in, hours and hours of content. Suddenly we're meeting a new band of characters. And like, what part of me wants to establish any sort of connection to any of them if I feel like they're gonna die in the first five minutes of the next one, or exactly. 20 minutes into meeting them? Like Which they I've got literally no do. connection to them. Yeah. Chris Redfield's the only one they introduced alongside Claire that I feel like has any staying power. And I'm watching this and I'm watching, and I'm like, man. I reckon he's going to be nothing in the next one. I reckon they're going to be done with him. They're going to find a new character and push him. I reckon um, yeah. Luther's going to pop in and be something for five minutes and they'll find a new character in the next one as well. Like, that's how yeah. I feel watching it.
2: Like, yeah. we could seriously still have Kaplan fucking hanging around with us right now.
1: Yeah.
0: Kaplan should be the lead by now. Like, let's be real here. <laughs> where
2: you at, Kaplan? <laughs> no, where you
1: at? Uh
0: they are talking about characters coming back. There was one thing, you know, uh, did you guys see the end credit oh, sequence? Yeah. Like I was watching, because you know how there's like, the they had like the cast credits before that end credit scene and Jill yeah. is in the credits. I was like, hold on, was Jill in this fucking movie? And then it cuts to yeah. that and she's there. And I was like, oh, oh, okay.
2: Although... A bit sneaky, sneaky. I already knew that it was in there, so I like skipped skipped ahead through the credits because I know that bit's there because I was working when that film uh, came out as well. Okay. So yeah, nice. yeah whenever nice. I'd come in to clean the cinema, I would just watch that scene, and I'm like, what does this have to do with anything?
0: <laughs> <laughs> and it's good to see her back, but really, she could have come back in this movie because nothing happened in the movie. Let's bring Jill back. Ugh. Let's have that fucking tension. I don't know. She's looking sexy, yeah. so it's good to see.
2: Or no, actually, question. I did. You think that she looked super fucking aged? I was like, "Damn, how long has it been since the second film?" Because she seriously looks so much older in this one.
0: Uh, maybe I don't know. I thought she looked pretty. <laughs> they were going to oh, bring. An- I don't know. They were going to bring another. <laughs> they were going to bring another character in. Uh, it was going to be Leon, who's from Resident Evil Four and Resident Evil Two, and your boy Jensen Ackles was going to play it. <gasps>
2: was he oh hello isn't he, Papa, and,
1: isn't he in the next one is he in the next film
0: yeah leon's in the next film i don't think that jensen's playing him though um he, nah, he's not, he, uh. he
2: wasn't in any of the resident evils yeah you would know yeah <laughs> but he, you, um... you don't have to go to imdb for that you can just ask me yeah yeah <laughs> ask
0: the supernatural fan um tracy b over here uh, so jensen <laughs> he's dean isn't he in, in Supernatural? Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. um perfect casting i would have loved to have seen him come in like actually he would have been a perfect chris um do you yes. know who we're talking about he would Connor? have been
2: an amazing chris i don't know anything about chris but he would have been an amazing chris who, <laughs> who would have been a good chris
0: uh his name, jensen he's ackles. jensen ackles he's one of the guys from supernatural i
1: have no idea oh the main guy the, yeah not not the, the long
0: hair they like yeah, the, the shorter other one
1: yeah he would have been sick chris redfield right there what the hell yeah he would have been chris
0: yeah anyway.
2: definitely um, Oh man now you're making me sad about what could have been yeah <laughs> I think that says a lot though about how good someone could be in a role if you just sit there going damn damn mm. that would have been a good character like it, a good casting choice
0: It just suits it so well he's the perfect build he looks the oh. same he's got the square jaw it works
2: and he's got the same sort of hair as well yeah kind of like if he grows his hair out a little bit more kind of that flops over the front of the head but also looks a bit spiky <laughs>
0: Uh well, I think the biggest problem with this movie is that nothing really happens. And, you know, they even make out some, like, the bigger characters from the last one. There's, you've got Kmart, who's on the, the boat. Like, she made it to Arcadia, but she's been turned into one of these mindless drones with that weird little scarab mm-hmm. thing. She's made out to be a little bit bigger than I feel she is. They haven't given her enough time or... She's so or, redundant. Yeah. Yeah. And that feels like most of these characters which is unfortunate um i don't know are we done
1: let's wrap I this puppy so. up it's my favorite part of the of the of the thing that we, oh, oh man i'm having a stroke it's uh the good the bad the ugly <laughs> tracy what's your good
2: my good is i'm uh, probably gonna say luther I really enjoyed Luther
1: in this. Nice, he's a cutie, isn't he? My yeah. good would be Chris effing Redfield. Actually, no, you know what? Screw that, that's not my good. My good's the fight scene between Albert Wesker, just <laughs> Redfield and Claire, Cause that just gave me, that just tickled my testicles. That's what that did. What's your good?
0: Uh, along those lines as well, I, I really like the style of the action in these films, even though it's overdone yeah. with the slow motion. But watching it in three D is really cool. I, I, I wanted to rewatch it. I went, and, you know, got the three D Blu Ray and made sure I had the experience, well, as much of the experience as I did back in two thousand and ten, and it lives up. Like this movie is so pretty, and it's a tech technological marvel for what they've done. And sadly enough, that's that's what I remember this film as. Like, even, like, I bought the Blu-ray when I found it cheap one time. And I remember getting, I was like, oh, I don't remember the movie being that good, but I remember it looking cool. And it certainly does. So that's my good.
1: There we go. The bad, what's your bad, TB?
2: Oh my God. I broke I down in my notes that it was a slow motion Matrix fight at the end. But honestly, it's probably the clones at the start. Oh, actually no you know what my bad is they gonna be the slow-mo matrix fight
0: yeah <laughs> connor
1: my bad would have to be just like the lack of just the lack of commitment to any of the prior films like that's still something that's disappointing and this one's pretty dodgy as well
0: yeah my bad's the the fact that this is just a nothing movie <laughs> like plot wise narrative wise this barely, barely advances and the fact that we've had to have a whole studio picture that doesn't take a step forward or as big a step forward as I feel it should, it's a bit silly, isn't it? Like I, like I said before, I can expect this from a TV show, like this is episode 7 and they've got 13 and they just needed something it would be enough it would be enough for a TV show and in fact I reckon this probably would have been turned into a TV show if it was made now um,
2: yeah,
0: but yeah, it's really not good enough. The Ugly, Tracy the B. The Ugly.
2: Well, okay, so I decided that my ugly would be the Alice clones at the start. <laughs> <laughs> nice.
0: Yeah, that's a good yeah. one.
1: My ugly... Oh, man. Yeah, that that clone scene just, like, broke me as a person. It just ruined me as a human being. <laughs> like, I'm scarred. I've got you're PTSD. With it. The thought, yeah, so you're not, terrible.
0: You'll never be the same again. My ugly is Chris. Like, what they've done with him... Um, is just not good enough. We finally get the big character from the games and it's this. I like Wentworth Miller, but this isn't good enough. Jensen Ackles! Jensen Ackles, Yay! please. Anyway.
1: Yes! Let's All wrap right. it up. What's your, what's your verdict, Tracy B?
2: Oh my God, two out of five. And I just, I don't even really have anything <laughs> to say about this film because uh. it's just a whole big ball of nothing. Like, there, uh, there's... Oh my god, it's so hard for me to even like think of like a few things that I really liked. Like, there were some fight bits I really liked. I enjoyed a couple of the characters. And that was about it, really. Like, it's just a whole mess of nothing.
0: <laughs> I like how defeated you sound.
2: <laughs> oh, I was defeated, especially because I liked Extinction so much. Or maybe yeah. that was a part of it, because I was sort of so amped up on the third one that I was like, oh, maybe the fourth one will surprise me as well, but fuck me. <laughs>
1: Gonna. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. Look, I didn't hate it. Yeah. That's <laughs> only because Chris Redfield was here and Albert Wesker was there, and that fight scene at the end was baller as hell. But I can't really dictate that two minutes of a film makes the rest of it really good. And I I was pretty bored because not much happens, and I'm just over it because it's the same thing I've seen in two, three other films, it's the exact same thing. Bunch of characters are introduced, all of them die except for a couple, and then they're made redundant in the next one. So I can't really attach myself to any characters, and the fact that you keep setting up these big plot points at the end, but they never pay out in the next film, which is disgusting that you think that's okay, by the way. It's messed up that you deem it appropriate to set it up, perpetuate hype, build it up, go, no, 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 we're still going to continue the story because it's not completed yet, but then make every point redundant to give us some stupid story about Alice helping a bunch of people get somewhere and then leaving them later. That's what this whole thing yeah. is. It's <laughs> so annoying. I don't care. There's no attachment for me. Great. There's a the final chapter. What's going to happen in that one? The final chapter is going to end and there's like a, they close a book And it turns out it was a book the whole time and Alice is reading a book, but then she opens another book and it's called The Final Chapter, Part 2. And then the next film happens and it's The Final Chapter, Part 2, but it's not a book. Like, it just, none of it makes sense. If that happened, no one would bat an eye because it's all bogus anyway. The film gets two out of five as well. It's just like... (laughs) <laughs> oh, hurts me. Two points for the Wesker fight scene, and then it loses every other point for being a garbage film.
0: Yeah. Well, my uh, my final thoughts is going to be short, like the amount of narrative that we got in this film. <laughs> it's just, it's just a nothing movie. It really is. It's it's it looks cool, and there's a lot of fun. Like the fight scenes are cool, and that's what I'll, I'll come back for. And I have a lot of fun with it. the the biggest The biggest thing in it really is the fan service. Uh, and that lets me down because I don't like what they did with Chris. I do like that final fight, though, because the fight scenes are cool. Paul W.S. Sanderson does fight scenes well. Uh, I give it a 2.5 out of 5.
1: There we go. Nice.
2: Look at that. We're
1: all here. We're all done. Is that it? Is that the last one we're doing? The last no, last we're doing we've the still got retribution.
2: retribution.
0: Number 5, and then number 6, the final chapter. So there's still two more, Connor. Don't you worry about that.
2: <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm. I'm...
1: I'm ready to watch them more. To be honest, I do kind of want to watch them though because I've committed this far. Yeah, it's like Harry I Potter. That, you not, need
2: that closure.
1: <laughs> I'm not an overly big Harry Potter fan. Prisoner of Azkaban is great and the rest are okay, but like, I once you get past number four, you're like, well, I've got to do it, don't I? Like, I've come <laughs> this far. I've
0: come this far. Still never yeah. seen
1: part one of Harry Potter, so maybe I can just skip Retribution. You guys can review it and I'll jump in the final <laughs> chapter, see if I can gather the story because I'm sure I can. It's been a great experience talking to you, Tracy B, and talking to you fish until next week i hope you've all been very good follow us on itunes stitcher and podbean and as always brush your teeth you got gingivitis it's disgusting play the music fish
0: you for listening to this episode of fish and connoisseur movie fish and connoisseur movie does not own any rights to the film resident evil afterlife its marketing or its soundtrack and no infringement is intended the track outsider apocalypse remix is performed by a perfect circle and the track the good the bad and the ugly titles is performed by ennio morricone